Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. This is Ben Verlander along with Michelle Margot. Michelle, happy belated 4th of July. Uh, it's post-4th of July weekend. Um, so what did you do? Exciting. Did you go anywhere? Anything fun? I did. That's a lot of questions in one. Um, however... All kind of the same question, though, if you think about it. I asked a lot of questions, but they're all the same question. Really. Well, when you first said happy belated, I was like, oh my gosh, how did he know that my birthday was one month ago today on June 8th? <laughs> But you are not keeping track of that, I guess. That was going to be my next question. Also, how much does time fly when you have a birthday and you're like, oh, I got another year till the next one. And then a month goes by and you're like, oh my gosh, I only have 11 more months till I'm the next age. You know, what has been super cool about this year. Time is going so fast with literally it also going so slow with literally nothing happening. It's awful. It's awful. I feel like yesterday was my birthday and it was in January. February. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, wait, you're right. <laughs> Do you know why I said that? Yeah, because you thought it was in February a while ago. Yeah, a couple eps ago. So my 4th of July was splendid. I was in San Diego, actually, which is a bit of a homecoming for me. And obviously, there were no fireworks shows. So I went to eat at one of my favorite restaurants called Bertrand and Mr. A's, which is a rooftop restaurant in Bankers Hill, San Diego, which you probably have no idea what that is because you're looking at me like I have five heads. No, I'm nodding like I understand. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and um, you get like, it's one of the best views in the city. Airplanes come down and you're like at the height of the airplanes and it was sunset and you could see all the illegal fireworks that people were setting off along the coastline and it was really cool. What well, did you do, Benjamin Franklin? Well, I, well, well, speaking of, he's incorporated in, in my story. Um, so I needed to get out of Richmond. So I got in my car. I drove up to Philly. Um, my buddy was up there. So I just drove up to Philly and we just kind of walked around. And on the 4th of July itself, we walked to Independence Hall where the Declaration of Independence was signed. So that was cool. And also walked to Benjamin Franklin's grave. And for those that do not know, because I don't think you would, unless I've said something before, I'm named after Benjamin Franklin. So truly an emotional moment standing next to him. Um, no, but it was actually really cool. So Independence Hall then walked over to his grave and, and took a picture at his grave and sent it to my brother because my brother's the one that named me after Benjamin Franklin. So I sent it to him and said, thank you for my name. <laughs> and then, I mean, we just socially distanced, had a great weekend. Oh, and then that night, that night we went over to a friend of ours house and there was a, like 
five or six of us that um, we had a, inc- an incredible fireworks show, like incredible. So like sparklers and that's it. No. So <laughs> the guy that owns Phantom Fireworks gave us $7,000 worth of fireworks for free. Wait, and wait, it was, hold on, hold on. Casual. The owner of Phantom Fireworks? You asked. I was just going to leave it at we had an incredible fireworks show. But yes, the owner of Phantom Fireworks was He's just in, from Philly and he's like, hey, he was, Benjamin he was, Franklin. He was in Philly. And seven, it was incredible. Incredible. Just in, just in the backyard. You know what sucks? And I don't mean to like play down on my childhood because I had a great one. Thanks, mom and dad. But my dad did not like spending money on fireworks because he said it was like burning money. Mm-hmm. So legitimately, we always had to get the really, really cheap, like the smallest of the jumbo packs. It was yeah. like $30. My yeah. dad's like, all right, this is going to be here for our family of five. And it was like, I got one sparkler and that was it. So I, when I was growing up, I used to, uh, Virginia, you can't shoot off the like real fireworks like that. So we always used to do like the pity little, you know, the little things you set on the ground and then they sparkle up and like, we're like, yeah. whoa, look at that. And then as we got, as I got a little older, we would go over to my uh, uncle's house and my uncle would bring some of like the good stuff that, you you know, you set on the, like the mortars, you set on the ground, you light it and run and shoots. It's a real firework. Um, and then, so I have always loved fireworks. And then when I started playing um, professional baseball, playing on 4th of July is a, is a huge deal. Right. And it's the day where, you know, the crowds are the biggest and everybody's there, not for you. They're there for the fireworks, but I'm fine with that. I'm there for the fireworks too. <laughs> After every game on 4th of July, I would go, I would go back into the clubhouse. I'd change real quick into my shorts and I'd come back out onto the field and I'd sit on the pitcher's mound with the stands packed. I'd sit on the pitcher's mound and watch the fireworks like right above me. It was awesome. I, I love fireworks. Yeah, you sound very enthusiastic about them. Yeah. I uh well two things. One, my dad is or was a pediatric ophthalmologist and my stepmom, his wife is a burn nurse. So them together just have seen a lot of accidents happen, so they yeah. don't they're not like the biggest fans of fireworks in children at least. Um and the second thing is when I lived in San Diego in college, the view from my um we had this like condo thing my junior year and we got to see sea world fireworks every single night during the summer mm-hmm. so i got like when i first moved in i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna come out here every night at the same time and watch these fireworks and after about two weeks of it um i've just really never been like that entranced by fireworks ever again because i just saw them so much in such a condensed period of time incredible i mean yeah. incredible did you see the video um of la you said it was yeah, 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 I did. They weren't allowed to shoot off fireworks in LA this pat on the 4th of July. And I saw a video, and you clearly saw it as well, from like up on a hilltop and then panning over the entire city. There couldn't have been more packed into <laughs> us. It was incredible. Yeah, people don't take no for an answer. <laughs> that is true. Um, quick interruption true. here. Pop quiz. Ooh, ooh. Okay. <laughs> what? equals e <laughs> mc squared no e equals mc squared mc what? squared doesn't equal e they're they're equal i mean and honestly that, that was not the question i was gonna ask i tried to be like slick and come up with something really fast okay what is slope oh wait wait, wait. 
Is this your actual question? No. Ask me the actual question. Come on, go back to your Algebra 1 seventh grade like days. like M cubed or something like that? Why am I, why is this What's happening? the Pythagorean why, theorem? Why, why is this happening to me? I want it to stop. I want it to stop. <laughs> nope. Nope. A squared Listen. plus B squared equals C squared. Listen, I went to Old Dominion, Harvard of the South. I know all these answers. Harvard of the South. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, my. Can you oh, tell me the, the Yes, I will. Was? But the Jesus server, Christ. the server that served us at Bertrand and Mr. A's on 4th of July was from Richmond. Or she said, I went to college in Richmond. And I went, ODU? And she was like, what? VCU. And I was like, she, she, yeah, she went to VCU. <laughs> and I was like, I thought I was so cool. Like, oh, I know what college is in Richmond. Um, wait, is ODU actually in Richmond? No, ODU is like two hours from here, like at Virginia oh, Beach. She, she would know what ODU is, though. But I, I live now basically like two blocks from the campus of VCU. That's so funny. So funny. All right. So my real question was pop quiz. Um, what episode number is this? 26. And can you name someone who wore the number 26? Who wore? Like past Oh, whoa. Times? Okay. Wear is fine too. I didn't think about that. Like what, you know, last, last episode was our Mark Teixeira episode. The episode before that was Kobe Bryant. What is 26? It's not, there's not like a specific person in mind I have. There is somebody, but that's not who I'm expecting you to say. Cause I'd be mm-hmm. really surprised if you said it. I can't think of any 26s off the top of my head. You want a hint? Yes. Wade Boggs. That's my hint. <laughs> I didn't want to waste time. Oh my God. There's that's no way the, you would have gotten that. That's quite the hint. Okay. Wade Boggs. Yes. Good job, Ben. You know what your hint should have been? This is a fun Wade Boggs fact, which I've heard. Warner Brothers. No, he used to, on the team flights from one city to the next, just crush like 40 beers. Yeah, um, I was like going to say alcohol. He was like the big, like it's crazy. People yeah. were like, I've never seen somebody be able to drink that much. And he like wouldn't get drunk. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's something to brag about. But I, I interviewed him when I was in Tampa. and He was quite the character. That's a fun, cool fun guy. That's a cool interview. Yeah, it was. Tables are turning, and I get to do the GOAT moment of the week. <laughs> so Patrick Mahomes just signed a huge extension mm-hmm. against the City Chiefs. And who is all over that breaking news? Of course, Adam Schefter, because he's the best at what he does. Um, but about 90 minutes before Adam Schefter broke the news, um, a Chiefs fan who also worked at a liquor store named Katie Camlin sent out a tweet about Mahomes signing an extension because her boss at Plaza Liquor in Kansas City informed her that Chiefs employees had come into the store looking to purchase six bottles of Dom Perignon champagne. And so she sent out a tweet that she ended up deleting that said, a front office employee for the Chiefs came in and bought six bottles of Dom, said there's a big signing today. He said it's not Chris Jones, so my guess is a Mahomes deal. So she was right. She deleted the tweet because she was terrified of getting in trouble from the tweets. I mean, I'm sorry, sorry. She was terrified of getting in trouble um, from the Chiefs. She was scared of angering them and didn't want to lose their business. Um, so she deleted it. But there were screenshots of it. And she actually announced the Patrick Mahomes deal 90 minutes before Wait. the best NFL reporter that ever lived did. I am so glad you did that because I kind of saw Schefter tweet at her yeah. yesterday and say said, well something done. like yeah let me know yeah. next time somebody comes in and buys yeah. a bunch of bottles of champagne and i had no idea what it was about 
So yeah. that is incredible and good for her. I'm, I, I wish she didn't delete the tweet, but I get it. I mean, I do get it. You're like, I know. And that's the thing. That's the hard part about doing our job. By the way, did I say Dom Perignon, right? Okay. It's just not something I really ever drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not that classy. So it, it, it's such a fine line in our job where you find out this information. And I have found out information weeks or, or days before something. And I just don't want to anger or yeah. you know ruin my sources. So I just keep it to myself. And this girl she was afraid of angering the chiefs and she has no job associated with the chiefs. She literally <laughs> works for a liquor store. That I don't know. I'm glad she did it. Is, she's my is, goat. <laughs> that's a great goat of the week. Like that's like you lived, like you broke the news to the world. Like how cool is that? Good for her. Also Patrick Mahomes is about to make bank. I mean, I actually said something about this yesterday. Mon- contract numbers are thrown out there in sports like candy. Like, it's like nuts. Oh, so-and-so is making $300 million. This is the first one in a while where you stop and yeah. you're like, wait That's a minute. So much money. Wait a minute. This is half a billion dollars. What? He's literally, I think it came down to $45 million a year. Like, could you even think about a million dollars a year? 45 times that you could literally pay 45 people a million dollars a year for what he made. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. And Kansas city too. Like your money goes further in Kansas city than it would in LA or New York. Yeah. That's the truth. Or Richmond. Hi. <laughs> and baseball is underway. Well, summer, summer training camp is underway summer camp everybody's summer showing camp. up to the baseball stadiums and they're having swimming lessons and campfires. Uh, yeah and then they have their lunch break and the camp counselors have to come over and what a name but it is happening i'm excited it's it's nice to just be able to scroll through twitter or put on mlb network and see guys playing baseball and wearing masks and wearing masks and being safe and going about the protocols. Um, so I'm very excited for our guest today, which is Joe Musgrove, but we'll get to that in a second. I'm very excited to have him. One, because I used to play against Joe. I know him fairly well. I know you know him very well. But I'm very excited to, to hear, very interested to hear what's going on. Like the, the protocols at the field are so strict. Yeah. Rightfully so. They Even need- more strict than we know, too. Correct. So I want to talk to him about that. I also want to know, like, they're on their own away from the field. Doesn't that kind of defeat the whole purpose of, like... Like the every- Orlando bubble for the NBA or MLS. Right. Yeah. The, the NBA players are in a bubble. The MLS players are in a bubble. Baseball is, you're in a bubble when you're at the field, but on your own, it's, please continue to be safe. <laughs> you know? Integrity. Like, I heard a story from this past weekend. Um, who was it? Fran Mill Reyes of the Indians. Um, every 4th of July weekend went to a 4th of July party where he said he was safe, but he's social distanced. And Terry Francona said, please don't show up for a few days until you get a couple of negatives or just being safe. Like you don't know what guys are doing away from the field. So I- I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's welcome in Joe Musgrove. He's a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates and a good friend of both of ours. And he's going to tell us all about the comeback process. So here he is. Hey, Joe. Welcome in. How you doing? I'm great, guys. How you doing? 
Good, good. How was your uh, how's your how's your Fourth of July weekend? Anything exciting, or just spent at the field? Dude, very uneventful, man. Uh, <laughs> the week leading up, the week leading up to the Fourth of July, Pittsburgh kind of got shut down again. Um, so they closed up all restaurants and bars, and you know anything extracurricular that you want to do was kind of shut down. So we grabbed a case here and sat on my patio and watched whatever neighborhood fireworks i mean they even shut down <laughs> all the firework displays so neighbors were setting some off so that was the closest thing we got to a true fourth of july joe it's kind of interesting that um you know nba and mls they're all in this little bubble in orlando and the major league baseball players are kind of left to their own you know, i don't want to say devices but they kind of get their own integrity when it comes to what they do off the field so how how strict are the protocols overall um, it's pretty strict around the field. Uh, we got three windows of, of times for people to come into the field and every day those are kind of switching depending on whether you're throwing live or whether you're throwing a bullpen or, um, if you're a hitter, if you got to face the live that day, or if you're just getting your cage work in, it kind of changes. So we're on a night game schedule now. We just started yesterday. So now all of our lives for the starters will take place at seven o'clock for like a normal game time start. Oh wow! And I think that's just to try to get our bodies on the nighttime schedule where we're going to be playing in season instead of getting up at, you know, seven every morning for like a, a spring training type schedule. So <clears throat> we're throwing three groups of lives every day. Um, first group usually goes in around noon. Last group goes in around 345. And uh, around the field, there's certain walkways you have to take depending on what tier you are. Certain areas of the stadium you got to stay out of. Um all of our pitchers are in the visiting clubhouse. All the position players are in the home clubhouse, and everyone's separated by about two or three lockers. Do um, they masks on everywhere you go? Do they say go anything? Ahead. So I, the, I obviously the protocols at the field are strict, like you're saying. Do they say anything to guys like, okay, when you go home, just promise you'll be safe. Like there's nothing. Like you can be as strict as you want at the field. But if guys are just going to go to their home or their residence and do whatever they would normally be doing, it almost kind of not defeats the purpose, but like it could just all right, be right. washed out. You know, do they say anything? Are, are there any protocols away from the field that you have to follow? Um, not necessarily that you have to follow, but they highly suggest that we do our best to stay home and kind of stay away from people. I mean, even having teammates over, you know, is not good because all of us are going different places to do grocery shopping. To, True get coffee to grab something to eat so you know you could be exposed once you leave the field and then you know or even stopping at a gas station on your way over to a guy's house you could pick something up and you know with us only getting tested every two days and taking about a day or two to get results back there's that kind of that three-day period where you're not really sure if you're clear you're not sure if you've been infected or not so we've really stressed you know doing our best to just stay home and, and relax from your home by yourself I mean I'm not even having teammates over here um, me and Philip Evans, who's staying with me right now, we haven't left my place really. We're just going to and from the field. So doing our best, man. What is the biggest, I guess, mind-blowing difference um, of going to training camp or spring training slash summer, summer training camp? I don't know what you guys call it nowadays. <laughs> but what, yeah. what's the biggest yeah, mind-blowing difference between this during the COVID era versus normal? Like what's, I mean, it sounds like tests are every um, two days, but what's the biggest difference? Yeah, there's a little bit of inconvenience throughout the day, but I think ultimately the biggest thing is just not being able to see 
a majority of your teammates. Um, you know, it's tough to build that camaraderie and that, that trust and that, you know, unity in the clubhouse when you got half your guys in another room and half of them you don't even see throughout the day. So, <laughs> um, and then not being able to hang out with the guys away from the field and do much. We're all really relying on video games right now. <laughs> So. I I think the the video the video game world has really taken off the last probably oh, four or five off. months. Joe, what's your video game <laughs> yeah, of choice? Absolutely. I'm a Call of Duty guy. We've been playing a little bit of Fortnite, but I'm a big Call of Duty guy. You were in uh you were in Bregman's the 24 hour stream Bregman did a uh, like a month ago. Did you do that? Yeah, dude. And I got all of his all of his good buddies got the brutal leg of the of the uh 24 hour stream we got the 1 a.m to 6 a.m shift so oh, we're, in no. <laughs> we're in there running the last leg of it man he was like a zombie dude bregman couldn't even put a sentence together i knew i knew awesome. marisnik was on that because marisnik twitch streams now and I, i've played some cod with him and i i talked to him um most every day on twitch and he was like dude Bregman asked if we could do it, and I was on from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m., and I felt awful, but he couldn't even, like, it was brutal. Like, he, he was done. <laughs> oh, it was nuts, man. So, that's, how... It was a good time, though. He raised a lot of money. It was cool. Yeah, that's what I, I heard. He, he raised a lot of money, and so that's awesome. Um, how would you... So, you know, you're sitting at home, obviously, waiting for waiting for word to happen on what's going to happen with the MLB season. You hear about all these protocols. What what happened the first day you show up with like did you go straight straight to where you needed to go to get a test and then you go home like what how did that how did that first day work out Yeah so we went in on a Saturday um in the morning and they told us that <clears throat> we were just coming into tests and that we weren't going to be able to stay at the field and work out or anything so they had us coming in and then like I said like three shifts um, probably about 10 or so people at a time and we we're in the parking garage so we never even stepped foot in the clubhouse or onto the field um, but we did our spit test we did our uh, finger prick for the antibodies and then there was like a two or three day window we had to stay away from the field to wait for the results to come back and it was kind of different because or kind of tough because guys weren't all showing up at the same time like guys were coming in on different days and coming in different ways so uh, that's tough. we had tests on saturday we had tests on monday we had tests on wednesday so even the guys that came in town we didn't see them until about a week after they showed up so the guys that got in at first on friday or saturday morning couldn't do anything basically until all the, like what like a, a week basically yeah well so we we got our results back on monday i believe from the mm -hmm. saturday test so the guys that tested clear were allowed to come to the field and work out. So there was only a handful of us. Gotcha. And then as guys came in and tested, once they got cleared, they were allowed to come to the field. So it was kind of just like as soon as you're cleared and, and good to okay. go, you can come okay. and work out. Gotcha. Would you say that the protocols are not as bad as you thought, worse than you thought, or the same as what you expected going into this? It's, a, it's about what I expected. Um, and, you know, it's hard, it's hard for me to say this but I feel like there's not many teams out there that are running things as smoothly as we are and as efficiently. And that's um, because you've talked you know, to other guys. Team. Yeah. I've talked to other teams and I mean, some teams aren't even getting their test results back. So they've had to shut down camp. I know the Astros and yeah. Nationals did. I know the A's didn't have results. So um, that's a big wrinkle under the plan. I mean, we're really limited on time already to get ready for the season and that cuts out another couple of days. Um, so we've been running it really smooth. Don Kelly, but actually came over from Donnie Kelly, baby. Incredible job. 
awesome dude, man. One of my favorites. And he's done a really, really good job of running this camp and getting the schedule set up and keeping us all kind of in the loop on what the plan is. So our camp's been running really great. Our energy's awesome, man. And one of the big things that not only myself, but some of the other guys stressed when we came in is, you know, let's take this thing with the right mentality and just show up every day ready to get better and just understand that things aren't going to run the way we expect them to run and that there's going to be hiccups here and there. Yeah. But we got to really, we got to really focus on keeping the energy high and keeping the intensity up and not, you know, bitching and complaining about every little regulation and guideline we have to follow. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned the testing and how it's important and how some other teams aren't, aren't getting their results on time. And like you just said, there's going to be hiccups, but when you just think about this whole process, one hiccup that there can't be is a delay in testing continually. And I understand this is the first round, but if there's going to continually, continually be a delay in getting results, that's, I, there's no way it, it can work. And it sounds like in, in Pittsburgh, it's, it's going smooth, but you do hear stories about, you know, the Astros and the A's and ending it not going smoothly. And if that doesn't get wrinkled out, I just, there's, there's no way it can happen. One of the things you have to yeah, have set is the testing getting back on time. Yeah, I think that should have been the number one priority because if guys start having to miss workouts and stuff, teams are going to end up just backing out of the season. I mean, you can't afford to not get your guys prepared and not get your starters built up. And, you know, with the with the delay in testing results, if stuff comes back and, you know, you catch it too late, you're going to end up wiping out seven, eight, nine guys on your team. And, you know, that happens a couple of days before the season. You're going to be in a lot of trouble. Right. How's the overall morale? I mean, are people pumped to be there? Are people nervous? Are I mean, is it just normal? Everyone's excited to be here, um, especially at our camp. I mean, we see this as an advantage to us, you know, shortened season, um, you know, kind of puts everybody, this whole quarantine and this downtime has kind of put everyone back at a level playing field. You know, no one's really been through this before. I think coming into the initial spring training, there were certain teams that had a significant advantage as far as, you know, who they had healthy, their guys that they were, you know, had on the DL or the IL. Um, you know, the ability to have a, an official start date and build your starters up accordingly. Um, you know, that kind of all went out the window. And over that downtime, no one really knew how to prepare or when we were going to get started back up. And a lot of guys, you know, didn't really even have facilities to work out or throw at or hit at. So um, talking to our guys, everyone on our team had, you know, some way to get their work in, had gyms open, had, you know, cages and facilities to work out at. So I feel like we're in a really good spot right now coming into this. We've got a couple of our guys healthy that were on the aisle that weren't going to start the season with us. So plays into our favor. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned the spit test. So it is not every other day or whatever it is getting that test that you've seen that is basically, it looks like something's touching your frontal lobe of your brain. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that. It's just the spit test. And then if you end up testing negative or testing positive, then you have to get the nasal uh, swab or whatever they call it uh, before you can come back. Oh, you, okay. So if you test uh, neg if you test positive is when you have to get that done. Wait, which, so which test is stronger? Uh, I think the nasal test is a little bit more accurate, and I think the results come back a lot faster, which is why I'm not – I mean, I don't think anybody would agree to, to get that thing every two days, but it is a little bit more accurate, and I think it comes back <laughs> a little quicker. Yeah, but it's important, man, because, you know, if one guy fails a test, and anybody that he was in contact with or around, those guys have to be away from the field quarantined until they can test negative twice. So even if you don't have it, if you were around somebody that comes down with it, that puts you out as well. So that's another thing, another reason why we got to be really careful about who we're being around. 
away from the field. I, I've heard that some teams are going to try to do limited capacity fans. Um, have you heard anything? Say, say MLB says no fans at all. Have you heard anything about family tickets or wives and girlfriends, stuff like that? I haven't. And I was kind of hoping that um, at some point they would open up the, the suites at the field, like the, the, uh, the big upper deck suites that have the inside rooms and yeah. just open up one for each family or each player and give us an opportunity to have our families with us and keep them safe. But uh, I haven't really heard anything. That's just kind of a, something we're hoping for. Cause we all know that Diane needs to be at some of your games. <laughs> oh, you know, she does. <laughs> so when you're, um, when you're at the field, so you go through everything, you go to your separate locker rooms and you get out on the field. Is it, is it, Business is normal now. I, I see some pictures where, you know, teams are out on the field. And for that moment, it looks normal. But you also see pictures of, of some teams with all their guys still wearing masks. Is there, is there a regulation out on the field? Like, I assume while you're throwing a bullpen or throwing live, you don't need to be wearing a mask. But if you're doing other stuff, like if you're stretching in the outfield, are you wearing a mask? How's that working? No, they, so we don't have, we're not required to wear masks on the field. Um, some of the guys are really concerned about getting it or the people that, you know, that they're living with or family members that are in the same home um, are a little more susceptible to it. So those guys are keeping their masks on. But um, when you're out on the field, it's kind of up to you if you want to wear it or not. They still suggest that we, you know, keep our distance and stuff because there's not really much point to wearing the mask indoors if we're going to go outside and be hugging and be right on top of each other. So, um you know, everyone, a lot, most of our guys wear the, uh, like the sun shields that kind of just chill around your neck, like a, yeah. like a headband almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if we walk up, if we walk up to talk to somebody, we just pull that up over our face to, you know, kind of protect that. But when we're out on the field, everyone's kind of free to take it off and get some air. There's going to be some crazy tans from people that wear that <laughs> and just pet the. <laughs> no kidding. Uh... <laughs> so Joe, how are you feeling personally? I feel great. Good. Um, you know, mentally, mentally and physically, the, the quarantine was, was really beneficial for me. Um, my main priority going into that thing was to keep my mentality in the right place and, you know, not treat it like an off season, um, not treat it like a vacation. Cause it was my first time being back in San Diego for a summer since high school. I mean, almost 10 yeah. years. So, um, it was nice getting to see the family a little bit and getting to be in San Diego enjoying the weather on the beach. But, um, training was very much the forefront of my, my day every day. So, I feel like I got a lot better. My focus was to really just get better at something every day. And, you know, as an, as an athlete, it's, I don't know if you could ask for more, you know, you get an extra two months to do nothing but work on your craft and, you know, you don't have to go out and do anything but that. So um, I took, I took full advantage of that downtime and I feel like I'm coming into spring or second spring, I guess, or summer camp in a, in a lot better position. And my last outing of spring training was five innings before we got shut down. And my first outing of the summer camp was five innings and, um, just to see where I'm at mentally and physically um, in that matter of two and a half, three months. Uh, I'm really happy with it. Nice, man. Uh, I'm glad you feel good. I, I have one last question for you. I don't know if, if you're comfortable answering it. I don't know if you have an opinion one way or the other. I don't know if you're 50-50. But my question is, as of right now, do you see the season starting when it's on July 23rd, July 24th? I do. Um, you know, one of the things that they stress to us that Major League Baseball stressed to us is that, you know, if if and when we do get this thing back up and running, there's going to be plans in place to cover just about anything. So 
so that we won't have to shut everything back down and restart. And I think the only hiccup that's getting in our way right now is the, the complications with the test results and getting those back right away. Um, I think according according to them, according to them, it's a, it was a one-time hiccup and they're going to figure it out. So let's hope yeah, that. So I think if they can get that back on track, I think we're in a good position to actually get this season off the ground and running. Good. All right, Joe, before we let you go, one fun question, because I know that you have to throw tonight, <laughs> so good luck. Um, but you. you said you're living with Philip Evans in your apartment in Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, how would he describe you as a roommate? <laughs> oh, I'm the, I'm the dad. I'm the mom and the dad of this house. <laughs> I'm, cooking up, I'm cooking up the meals. I'm cooking the meals. I got things cleaned up around here. I started up a little garden out on the patio. Whoa. Uh, I actually, I <laughs> believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> that literally is you to a T. That's so, so funny. If, yeah. if you're, if, if you're still playing a bunch of COD, I don't know if you are now, but we definitely need to, to link up and play some COD. Um, I'm somewhat Dude, 100%, of a man. snipe god, known around the COD circles as the snipe god. So. <laughs> the only I, thing I know I'm, about I'm the COD... guy in there wreaking havoc. We need to play with... I play, play with Marisnik. I play with Marisnik. So me and Marisnik need Dude, to play I, I heard Marisnik's pretty legit. Huh? No, no. Who'd you hear that from? Marisnik? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> There's so much hate. <laughs> Hey, yeah, Michelle, you won't understand this. Guys are very prideful of this of their. Wait, wait, wait! What do you mean I won't understand this? I have titles that I've had When's to defend in Mario Kart. Well, I first of all, I use Xbox to find all my shows because it's oh my connected to God. Netflix. Oh, oh, you know your way around the controller. But, um, I more of a Mario Kart, Nintendo sixty four, Cruising USA, <laughs> that kind of girl. Uh-huh. But I have played Modern <laughs> Warfare. Okay. And it's not fun. And it's like, it's the most, like, first of all, it looks like a foreign language when you, when you try to play. I don't know how to describe it other than the fact that I'm not coordinated, coordinated enough to watch what's going on. You're on not the coordinated enough to say the word not coordinated. coordinated. That's how- <laughs> all right. Well, let's end this podcast no, no, no. now. Wait, Joe, before we go. So I, when I, yeah. I stream mostly MLB the show on Twitch, but uh uh-huh. jake i've played a lot of cod with jake so i have a i have a command that you can, if you do exclamation jake in my chat it says ben carries jake in cod <laughs> <laughs> no kidding i didn't know you could do that no nah, neither did i it's the first command i ever did <laughs> so yeah let's let's definitely Dude, run call- some trios or something soon yeah man call of duty does a lot for you i mean a lot of people see it as just senseless time wasted but um i mean the stuff that it actually gives you i mean it, it sounds kind of foolish, I guess, but it's communication, it's problem solving, it's, you know, yeah. reacting on your feet, oh. it's being quick and multitasking. It does a lot for you, you know, so it, it kind of activates you and gets you sharpened up. It's actually good for your eyes, I'm too, believe it or not. It is, yeah, it is. My dad it. was a pediatric, <laughs> no, I'm serious, my dad was a pediatric I, ophthalmologist and he used to assign his kids, I forget for what, it was for a specific disease, but it is to get their eyes moving, like. Wow, that makes me feel like, even better about hey, it. Don't, don't give me that, because I hold on. I hold on to stuff like that forever. My trainer told me that after, after uh, my trainer told me that after a workout, one 16 ounce beer will hydrate, will hydrate you better than one water or one Gatorade. So I stuck to that. There's <laughs> no way that's true, but whatever hey, helps you sleep at night, I Joe. I didn't look it up because I don't want it to be false. <laughs> well, on that note, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we miss you. We hope you're doing well and we're rooting for you, especially to stay healthy. So Good luck. Definitely. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Bye, Joe. Take care, man.
Well, that's it for Millennial Sports Talk. Make sure you download and subscribe on your usual podcast distributor. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.